everyone, and welcome to day three of My Arizona Adventure, a podcast miniseries presented by Pangolin, the conservation podcast. I'm your host, Jack Baker, and thank you so much for joining me for my little travelogue series as I explore the beautiful, wonderful, magical, very, very hot state of Arizona here in the US of A. Um, That's right, we're back for day three. Uh, On day one, I visited Tucson Botanical Gardens and gave my first impressions of this really amazing, incredibly diverse, so different from home place. (laughs) On day two, we talked about Phoenix Zoo. I went on a bus trip all the way to Phoenix to visit Phoenix Zoo and today I'm back to tell you all about the fantastic Reed Park Zoo which is based here in Tucson, Arizona Um, and I'm so excited to tell you about it because it was just the best, 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 best day. I, yeah, can't say enough good things about it. You're going to start to think I'm not genuine because of all the good things I'm saying but This, I can 100% tell you, I'm telling the truth, it is fantastic, amazing, exciting, the best. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, let's get started with today's episode properly. Well, uh, today started, as every other day, with me waking up exceptionally early, because I've still not adjusted to the time difference, um, going for breakfast, and then heading out into the nice warm world um, after slathering myself in the highest, uh, (laughs) highest temperature and level of sun protection I possibly can, because I am a very Scottish person and therefore not meant to exist in a desert. Um, (laughs) And today my adventures were taking me straight to Reed Park Zoo. Now, I'd actually done a little bit of research before I came to Arizona to kind of think about some of the different places I'd want to go, some of the different things I'd want to experience while I was here. Um, And when I saw that Tucson had a zoo, Obviously, knowing me, it was on the top of the list. Um, And so I was so excited to go. I've been looking forward to this for ages and it was great. Um, Before I went, I'd actually emailed um, because I... um, Yeah, because basically when you work for zoos in the UK, if you email in advance, I work for Edinburgh Zoo, if you email other zoos, often people will be very kind. Um, They want to chat to you when you visit um, and you get to kind of do little behind the scenes things or chat to interesting people, um, chat to educators or different people in different jobs around other zoos and learn about them. And so I thought when I was coming here, I'd do the same thing. Um, I'd emailed in advance um, and set up the visit with um, the lovely, I think his name was uh, Michael, um, set up this visit with him and kind of chatted. And yeah, um, so I was really excited to go to meet him to get to get in and have a look round and um yeah so first impression was fantastic because as i walked up i met him um and he didn't just uh help me get into the zoo he also then provided me with a voucher to go and do their giraffe feeding experience which anyone who knows me that is the exact right way to win me over and make an excellent first impression <laughs> because i love giraffes um Reed Park Zoo is home to 
um, wonderful, I can't remember the species now, I was going to give you some insight. Uh, some wonderful, amazing giraffes, and they do feeding experiences with them. I did not know this um, when I turned up. Um, but yes, I got given this voucher to go and feed the giraffes. So 10am I arrive, um, <laughs> expecting just to wander around a zoo for the day. I'm handed this voucher and in I go and get to feed the giraffes first thing off the, the bat for the day. And it was just the most incredible way to start a visit to a zoo. I cannot say enough good things about the staff who were handling it. There was um, people managing the kind of queue to people who wanted to go up and, and see the giraffes. There were people handing out food. There was people around and they were more than happy to help. And um, when I went up, they kind of handed, they, they were happy to take photos because I was traveling solo, obviously. Um, and they were just great. So went up, spoke to them, um, got taken in to do the kind of giraffe, meet the giraffe encounter. And it was just, oh, it was just the best. I just like seeing an animal you love so up close and kind of coming to you to say hello. Obviously, they're coming over because you have food and it's not personal. They're not like, he looks like a nice guy. They're like, oh, he's got a carrot. Um, but still, it felt so special to see this big animal that I've loved since childhood. We've dedicated episodes previously on the podcast to them. Like, I love them so, so much. And so having them kind of come up say hello, feed them, see that massive tongue stretch out of their mouth and kind of touch your hand and pull um, the food back inside. Oh, it was just the best. I kept like, I the, the woman who was kind of there helping me was taking a video and my li- <laughs> the narration of me is just me going up, going like, oh, hello, this is so cool. Um, and I did, after the video stopped rolling, make some interesting comments that weren't captured about how beautiful the eyelashes were up close. Um, but <laughs> but um, it was just the best. And so, yeah, it started the day by arriving at this zoo and going immediately to do this encounter. And it was just the best thing. And I think while we're talking about giraffes, obviously, I should mention the Giraffe Conservation Foundation do fantastic work. Go and look them up. Um, giraffes are undergoing what's called a silent extinction, which basically means everybody loves them, um, and yet their numbers are declining and they're going down and down and kind of... There's all this conservation stuff going on, but people don't really realise it because they're charismatic and popular and they see them everywhere. And So yeah, giraffes, they do face issues. Despite the fact we all love them, they face issues. So go and, yeah, um, go and... Yeah, I don't know. Go and look it up. <laughs> Go and support the Giraffe Conservation Foundation or a local zoo, um, which might be um, might be looking after them and trying to help promote conservation as well. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm just so overwhelmed by emotion of this giraffe encounter. I, it, it was just the best. And I think it really helped me connect even further with giraffes. I think that's the whole point of the, the encounter. I think it really made an excellent first impression of me on Reed Park Zoo. And I just, yeah, I, I loved it. And I'm so grateful to Michael for, for organising that for me. Thank you if you're listening so, so much. It was just the best. And thank you to the women who were running it. And thank you to the lovely giraffe who came up and said hello. Um, I, You had a very, very rough nose as you grabbed food from me. Um, but 
it's not a bad thing. It made me love you. Um, I wanted to pat you, but obviously that would be bad and inappropriate and, and wrong. Um, but no, deep down, I wanted to because you are so beautiful. Uh, <laughs> but no, um, aside from that, uh, once I'd done that, I actually got a chance to wander around the zoo because I'd kind of like been handed this voucher and they were like, oh, we do it from 10 till 10.45. Go and see the giraffes now. And I'm like, okay, off I go. So I went and did that. Um, and then I kind of got a chance to actually look round the zoo. So I went back to the main entrance because I thought I'm going to get lost if I don't start at the beginning. Um, and I set off from there to do the rest of it. So the zoo itself is laid out into kind of, I'd say two major loops. And there's a third one actually under development. So the main ones that they have just now, they have an African kind of themed loop. They have a South American themed loop. And there's signage up all around the zoo that they're actually developing a third loop, which will be a passage into Asia and will feature things like red pandas. I think it said tiger somewhere. I think they said siamangs. (laughs) Yesterday, I think I pronounced that wrong and I'm still pronouncing it wrong because I'm tired. But yes, all those amazing uh, Asian species are going to be adding to the zoo very, very soon. Um, But the ones that they do have right now, Africa was the first one um, I went round and, of course, featured the lovely giraffes. It also featured rhino. It featured, um, notably, kind of (laughs) zebra, ostrich, all the big classics, gazelles, um, lions. Again, we mentioned them yesterday, the spotted um, necked uh, otters they had, meerkats. And I think the glowing star, the crown, (laughs) the jewel in the crown of this kind of uh, Africa circle was Expedition Tanzania, um, which was the zoo's elephant exhibit. Um, African elephants in this huge, huge space, even space that you could, they could go off to that you couldn't see, which I really always like in zoos when they kind of have big offshore areas for the animals. This huge, obviously very well thought out, new developed um, area of the zoo all about elephants called Expedition Tanzania. And it's just great. There's a huge water pool for them. There's this kind of big mud bath up the back that two of them were playing in and splashing each other with mud. Um, And aside from like the just fantastic elephant space, the interpretation and everything that went alongside it was just great. So if you're not a a zoo person, interpretation is basically all the signs that go alongside um, an exhibit or a habitat in a zoo where they kind of put up um, things that are interesting, fun facts, educational stuff, pictures, posters, whatever it is. Interpretation is all that sort of signage that goes alongside it. And the interpretation... (laughs) Expedition Tanzania was some of the best stuff I'd ever seen. They had fake termite mounds built with educational stuff there. They had, um, what else did they have? They had signs on obviously ivory trade threats. They had possibly my favourite sign I've ever, ever, ever seen in, (laughs) in a zoo, which was outside the toilet. There was this big elephant's bum. And if you smacked the bum, it made a <laughs> like an elephant noise. <laughs> it was so stupid, but so childish and wonderful. And obviously we don't condone going up behind elephants and giving them a little pat on the bum. But <laughs> when it's a sign, great. 10 out of 10 would recommend. So funny, so fun, so engaging. They had musical instruments that were great. Just so much good stuff going on in this, brand, I think, brand new area of the zoo. And 
yeah, I just can't say enough good things about it. It was fantastic and it's the a perfect exemplar of how interpretation should be done in zoos. Engaging for all ages, entertaining, perfect, great, amazing. Fantastic. Loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, and yeah, so I, I was going to talk more about the other Africa section, but really the star is that. The rest of it is all very good. It's all very well themed. The buildings are all themed in kind of African building styles with kind of African art, um, great signage. But of course, none of it compares to the smacking of the bum. So, you know, no, <laughs> it's all great. It's all fantastic. It's all amazing. Um, but I'll save all of my thoughts. I want to have time to kind of think about them properly and we'll put them all in a full Rizu episode where we review the zoo properly uh, later on down the line. Um, but um, yeah, just know that Africa area, fantastic. Um, <laughs> the second area that um, we had um, to kind of go around today, I say we, it was just me, uh, <laughs> to go around today was the South American area, which again fantastic. I think when you group animals in such distinct continent themes, it just makes the whole thing more ex more of an experience because you get a feeling for the, the areas that the animals were meant to be in. They all relate to each other. You can see how the food chains kind of link up. It just makes sense. So I like it a lot. And yeah, the, the South America area did not disappoint. Um, it featured things like um, what did it feature? It featured things like jaguars. It featured things... I've been in America too long. I've, I'm no longer saying jaguar. <laughs> jaguars. Uh, <laughs> jaguars. Um, it featured uh, tapirs, capybara. Um, it featured all sorts of magical, incredible birds. Um, what else was there? There was anteaters. All sorts of stuff that was just great, great, fantastic. The standouts for me, of course, tapir, birds tapir, always a hit with me. Um, having kind of spoken uh, with Patricia, um, who works with the IUCN and tapirs previously, I, I've always loved them. If you've listened to that episode, you know how much I absolutely love tapirs. They are the dopiest, most beautiful things. And the first time I didn't, I went round, I didn't see them. Um, and I was a little disappointed. But the second time they did, that, they kind of, I, they did not disappoint. One of them was in the water and then the other one tried to get in the water, but the one that was in the water splashed it and it gave it a fright. So it ran away and then it came back again. It was just stupidly chaotic in the way that only tapirs can be. And they're so endearing. And I just love them. For anyone who doesn't know what a tapir is, look it up because they're great but <laughs> they are basically kind of I don't how would you describe it they're kind of these big uh, mammals big brown in the ter in terms of the beard's taper big brown mammals they're the animals that have kind of these long snouts that kind of not elephants not like a trunk like an elephant like a shorter trunk and um, that kind of squishes over their their, <laughs> their mouth and they're just Great. That was a very bad description, but look them up. Hopefully you all know what tapirs are. They're just the best. So I loved them. Thought the exhibit design for them was, again, fantastic, where they had the multiple pools. If they wanted to be more hidden, they could be. It was great. Um, and yeah, the other standout to me, of course, was the anteaters. As if, you've, <laughs> if you're a long-time fan of the show, you know of, you know of the fact that I've had 
Arno Debye from the the um giant armadillo um conservation project and the giant anteater um anteaters and highways project um on the show to talk about his work and <laughs> you know the connection I have to anteaters they're just great and I think it was just special for me because you never really see them awake anywhere. And <laughs> today I saw them both up and around and walking about and it was just fantastic. Again, all the signage was good. And that's actually when I found out that ICAST, the charity that Arno kind of works with um, to kind of run the giant armadillo and the giant anteater projects, um, were kind of partnered with Reed Park Zoo. So they have this kind of signage all about their work and it was just great and it was nice to see this link um, and it just goes to show the kind of global connection I suppose of conservation in that we have um, we have interpretation in Edinburgh we have signs in Edinburgh all about um, the Pantanal and the conservation of these fantastic South American icons then you have signage in North America about them and then the project's actually going on in South America and it just goes to show how all of these things link up and support each other and help educate and raise money and share knowledge and just it's really satisfying for me and it was a nice surprise because it kind of brought together this circle of things I already knew was happening but I just hadn't made the connection that Reed Park Zoo was part of that and it was just great and amazing and I loved it um and yeah so great to see anteaters as always um <laughs> but yes that kind of uh, <laughs> that is kind of a brief rundown a very 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 brief rundown of Reed Park Zoo it is a lot smaller um than of, co of course than Phoenix Zoo that we talked about the other day but in terms of like quality per square meter it's probably just as if not slightly more enjoyable for me personally um i don't know whether it was because yesterday in my body can't function in 33 degree heat so walking around phoenix zoo all day broke me and today having a nice digestibly small zoo was actually quite lovely and great um that you could get around in a couple hours and not be sweating buckets uh, by the end of it i don't know if maybe that has swayed my decision making but either way, <laughs> today was just fantastic. And I absolutely loved, 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 loved Reed Park Zoo. It was great, fantastic, amazing. And I would like to thank all of the staff there for making my day so fantastic. Everyone from the people in the shop all the way to the people in the kind of food outlets, to the people who were kind of volunteering or working there to kind of point you in the right direction. Everybody there just made it a great experience and it was fantastic and I loved it um, and yeah I, I can't wait to talk about it more I'm gonna for those of you who have maybe just joined us for this mini series I have as part of Pangolin under that umbrella of this podcast we do a zoo review series called Razoo where I sit down um, with one of my friends Jodie and we talk all about different zoos that we visit and I can't wait to be able to think about these this zoo and Phoenix Zoo more and chat about them because I just had the best time while there. Um, and yeah, oh, I can't believe, I still can't believe I fed a giraffe today. I just can't, like, <laughs> my brain can't process it because it's something I've always wanted to do and I just, it just made me feel so special. I don't think I articulated my feelings about that well enough because it just is so hard to articulate just how much that meant to me and even as a <laughs> even as a grown up when a lot of the other people who were there looking to do the same thing were younger than me like really young kids 
it's like the joy that it brought me made me feel like I was three, four, five again, and it was just great. So, whole experience, whole day at Reed Park Zoo would recommend 10 out of 10. Great, great, great. What did I do after that? Well, I <laughs> went to the University of Arizona. I wanted to walk around the campus, have a look around. Um, didn't see much nature there, if I'm honest. There was some lovely, huge saguaros that were probably the biggest I've seen, even bigger than the ones in the Botanic Garden. Um, <laughs> they were just fantastic. Um, and saw some like interesting birds. Saw a big statue of a wildcat. Um, their logo is the the wildcat. I would sing um, a song from High School Musical now to make some kind of joke, but I'd just be scared I'd get sued, so I'm not going to do that. But yeah, their logo is the wildcat, which great choice, because on all of the posters, it looks very fearsome and Go sports, um, I suppose. Um, <laughs> and, and then also um, after that, um, yeah, I just kind of came back, <laughs> came back to the hotel, um, went for a swim. It was already dark by this point. So I went for a swim and kind of looked up at the sky. It was great because the hotel, there was no one else in the pool. So I just got to sit there and watch the world go by. Um, and it was just great. It was just another great, great day, a great, great evening. And now I'm back in my hotel, having leftover pizza from yesterday and just having a great time. Uh, and it was just fantastic. Um, although, <laughs> before I wrap up, I do have one more story for you. Because it, being in the pool at night in the dark reminded me of a very funny experience from when I was younger, which was the first time I ever came to the United States all those years ago. Um, we went to Florida as a family and the place we were staying had a pool. Um, we arrived about eight o'clock at night. It was pitch black. And my mom was like, you go in the pool now. Yay, we're on holiday. Woo. And me and my sister went outside, took one look in the pool and both refused to get in because there was no light in the pool and we couldn't work out how to turn the light on. And we both somehow managed to convince each other that there was probably, because we were in Florida, some kind of alligator lurking in the water, which, I mean, <laughs> for young children is a genuine and probably very real fear. And maybe, listeners, if you're in Florida, um, you can confirm <laughs> whether or not that was, was a likely thing. We did wake up the next morning, there wasn't one, and we did go in for a swim. But that's not, that's not the point. The point is, <laughs> there could have been an alligator there waiting to, to consume us. But luckily there was not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, and I like the, these shows. I like these travel logs because I get to tell you more random, strange, personal stories like that um, <laughs> than we do on the more professional interview shows. Um, and now, on that note, um, I should probably wrap up. So <laughs> tomorrow, um, I'm moving hotels. I'm leaving my lovely hotel here. Um, and off I go um, to the hotel, which the NAAEE conference is being held at. Um, I'm going to be staying there for a few nights. Um, I'm also tomorrow going to the Arizona Sonora Desert Museum, which I am so excited to go to. I've heard such amazing things. I've tried not to spoil too much of it for myself because I've been, had it recommended by so many people. I've had so many people look it up and say how great it looks that I want to go and be totally amazed and totally surprised. Um, for people who don't know, uh, the Arizona Sonora um, Desert Museum, that's a mouthful, um, the Arizona Sonora Desert Museum is a museum um, here in uh, Tucson, just outside Tucson, um, 
And I looked up, I went to look up a description for you to kind of describe it, to help you kind of imagine it, listeners, because it's not just a desert museum. Uh, According to Google, the Arizona Sonora Desert Museum is a 98-acre zoo, aquarium, botanical garden, natural history museum, publisher and art gallery. So I'm so excited to go and see all that that has to offer. I'm sure it's going to be absolutely magical, absolutely fantastic, just like everything else I've done so far this trip. 10 out of 10 so far, Arizona, you're looking after me well. You're really nailing it for me, an out-of-town tourist person. Just great. Just loving it. It's been fantastic. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah, I can't believe I fed a giraffe today. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Now, before I talk even more about me feeding a giraffe today, I should probably go. Um, (laughs) So if you'd like to keep up to date with my journeys across Arizona, um, and then, of course, with the series at large after that, um, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your podcast streaming service of choice. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you can get your podcasts from. We're there. So subscribe so you don't miss out. <laughs> We're also on uh, social media at Pangolin Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, anywhere you get social media. We're probably on there. And you can follow me on social media at The Only Jack Baker on Instagram and at Only Jack Baker on Twitter if you want to keep up to date with my adventures and the podcast and everything else that I'm doing as well. Now, <laughs> On that note, uh, I need to go off to bed. Um, If you want to keep up with me, that's where I'm going next, to bed. Um, Because another busy day tomorrow. Thank you, of course, so much for listening. Obviously, without the podcast and without all of your support, I would not even be in Arizona to begin with. And so it's just fantastic and amazing to know that you're all there supporting me giving out all this positive energy. I know it is received and I am so grateful for you for it. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening and for supporting me. It means the world. And on that note, thank you also for joining me on my Arizona adventure. Thank you so much. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 